Greetings, welcome to TW Now. This edition is going to be pre-recorded. When you're watching it, it will have been pre-recorded. So if you have any, any questions that you'd like to type in, uh, I apologize. This time we won't be able to view them, but we will have the, the normal program, even though it is, it is pre-recorded for, for this uh, particular day. Today, our guests are Dr. Douglas Winnale who is a, a frequent guest on this program and uh, contributor to the Tomorrow's World magazine. Uh, he's actually written an article, uh, Holidays or Holy Days. So welcome, Dr. Winnell. And also a special guest for today, a new guest for our TW Now program, uh, Mr. Josh Lyons. So uh, thank you for being on our program today. Thank you. <clears throat> this time of year is considered special by, by most churches. Yet, the Living Church of God observes different special days from the average churchgoer. Uh, the, this program is sponsored by the Living Church of God, and so we'd like to give you a little bit of insight into what the Living Church of God does and, and why during these special days that we observe during this time of year. Uh, so, if we could just begin by giving a little, a little bit of background, uh, Dr. Winnell, what, what is it that we, we do and why, in terms of special days for the, the Living Church of God? Special days for the Living Church of God, we keep the biblical holy days that are outlined in Leviticus 23. It's very simple. And we try and follow the biblical instructions. We follow them because Jesus Christ followed those same biblical instructions, and so did the early church. So that's why we do it. Okay. Um, could you tell us, maybe we'll, we'll go to Mr. <coughs> Lyons, um, what are some of the details about how we do this? What, what are, how does it break down? I mean, typically, uh, the average churchgoer goes to Easter, Easter Sunday <laughs> service, and uh, afterwards they maybe have a, a special Easter meal. Um, what is it that we, uh, that is done in the Living Church of God? As Dr. Winnell said, we, we follow the, the days that are kept and outlined in Leviticus 23, and uh, the example of Jesus Christ and the apostles, keeping them in the New Testament. And I think that's the foundational question that we try to ask. What did Jesus Christ do and what did his followers do? And if you read that and, and look at their examples in the New Testament, they kept days such as the Passover okay. and the Days of Unleavened Bread. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. Let's start with the Passover. How does, how do, how does that work? I mean, um, there's, uh, we, when you think of Passover, oftentimes I think you'd think of, of Jewish people. Um, but you're saying the Living Church of God, the, you're bringing the Passover into it. Why would that be? Maybe Dr. Winnell? Wanna... Jesus Christ kept the Passover. So we keep the Passover. We um, <clears throat> have a foot washing ceremony because Jesus Christ washed the feet of his disciples. It's interesting, the Pope washes the feet of usually uh, a select group of people, uh, but we do it because Jesus Christ did it. Then we also have a, we partake of the bread, partake of the wine that's symbolic of his broken body and his blood that was shed for us. So we observe the Passover just as Jesus did with his disciples the night before he was crucified. And then the days of unleavened bread. Leaven is symbolic of sin. So we, like the Jews, will put out uh, leaven products from our home. But the lesson is really we need to be looking at our lives during this period of time. You know, I think probably there's the tradition of spring house cleaning probably goes back to this custom where you get things out of your life, out of your home that don't belong there. 
Okay. So that's, that's how we do these things. When you mentioned, you mentioned the Passover and foot washing as part of this, the ceremony, uh, quite unusual for the average person to think about washing feet. Um, let me ask about the a Passover. Uh, when you say the Passover, is that something that is, is kept uh, just at that, that one time of the year, or is it something that's done on a weekly basis, or, or how does that work? Right. So we believe that you keep it once a year. In Leviticus 23, it talks about annual days, annual feast days. So we keep them on an annual basis. And Christ, when he outlined the example in, I think, John 13, John 14, the foot washing, he, he says that we do it once a year. You don't, you don't do it every week. Now, you, now you've uh, actually grown up in this way of life. Right. Um, so we're talking uh, to someone who has a perspective from, uh, from youth, observing these things. Have you ever tried to explain this to somebody, you know, maybe in school or in your, in your workplace or in college? And how, how, do they, how do they look at this? What do they say? Occasionally, yes. And a couple of friends of mine were also religious in their own way. So you get into some of those discussions, and, and it is interesting. Sometimes it can be difficult because we are a little bit different than a lot of what the world does. But as Dr. Winnell has talked about, we, we try to go back to the Bible and we take it literally and uh, we, we don't follow a lot of the customs that most people do because they're not found in the Bible. Uh, Dr. Winnell, you've been living this way of life since... Uh, 50 years. Since 50. <laughs> <laughs> but not as a child, but as a young man coming into this way of life and starting to observe <clears throat> these, uh, these <clears throat> principles and, and uh, these, these laws. Um, tell us about your experience and beginning to keep, let's say, for example, the Passover. What was that like for you? Uh, it was different. Um, you know, I've tried to share some of this with friends or whatever, and they're, usually they're not interested. They realize you're doing something different than they are. When you say you're doing, following the Bible, then in many cases they don't understand. They think they're following the Bible. But I think the big picture really is that the Holy Days picture a plan of God that he's working out on this earth, the plan of salvation. Passover pictures the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Unleavened bread, we put sin out of our lives. Pentecost comes along, we need God's spirit. I think what's important to notice is that the first three holy days, they're part of seven uh, festivals. The first three are historic. Passover has taken place. Pentecost has taken place. The last four holy days are prophetic. They're talking about things that are going to come. They're talking about world events that are literally going to change the world. When you stop keeping or you don't keep the holy days, you lose total, uh, you lose contact, you lose a perspective of what God is doing. And I think what was exciting to me was to realize we're not just going through rituals. We are remembering and being reminded of things that God is going to do on this earth. Uh, you know, the news networks report events, but they have no concept of what these events mean. But the holy days keep us mindful of this plan of God. And that is what really makes a lot of sense. Can, can you give us some details then? Okay, let's, <clears throat> let's take, let's take uh, the broad perspective into, again, a little bit more narrow. Um, Mr. Lyons, <clears throat> what were some of the traditions in, in your family in keeping these days special that you did? I mean... Let's say, for example, the, Dr. Winnebo was talking about cleaning, cleaning out the leaven. By, by the way, what is 
what is leaven anyway? Maybe you could explain to our audience what we're even talking about. Can you go to the store and get uh, some bread that has no leaven in it? Or how does that, what does that mean? Right, sure, sure. Uh, I'm not a baker, but I understand that leaven is a substance uh, such as yeast, where it's in dough, it's in bread dough that makes it rise, and it kind of puffs it up and makes it fluffy. So that uh, leaven makes bread rise. So it's symbolic in the Bible of uh, pride, and uh, as Dr. Winnell said, leaven symbolizes sin because a root of sin is pride and vanity, which puffs a person up. Uh, so, so that's what leaven is, and, and you can get leavened bread in the store. Most of it is leaven, but there is also some unleavened bread, especially this time of year. What's, that you what are can some find. examples like that? What would you, if, if a person wants to try to do this, what would they look for on, their, on the grocery short, store shelves? Right, so, so a common one that, that a lot of us get here in our church is uh, matzos, which I'm not a big fan of them, but, <laughs> but they're, uh, you can get them in the store, especially at this time of year. They're pretty flat and a little bit like saltine crackers without the salt. So uh, If you put enough peanut butter and honey on it, that's it, right. it can taste good. That always helps. That always helps. I like them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I think they taste a little bit like the box they come in. But. <laughs> well, and what about the, the cleaning? I mean, you talk about, Dr. Winnell talked about uh, removing leaven from your homes. What does that mean? What do you do in that, in that process? So I, I think uh, uh, an example in the Bible is going back to Exodus 12. It talks about remove the leaven from your homes. So in my family, uh, you know, my parents were directing us. I have two siblings. So we would, as a family, clean the house and clean the kitchen. And, and especially as we were younger, my, my mom would have us clean, the, uh, clean our rooms. So we would vacuum thoroughly and try to... Uh, get any sandwiches that we had stored for an emergency under our bed or something like that, we would get all of that out because the lesson is we're trying to get sin out of our lives, and it's a physical representation of removing sin out of our lives. So we did it as children growing up. It, it is, is it a... Is it a bit much, though? I mean, uh, is it a bit much to go to all this effort of cleaning the the sandwiches or the bagels or, or, or the bread out of and every and the crumbs out of the cupboards? Um, is it uh, maybe too much uh, works where you're getting into actions to try to become uh, perfect? Is you know, do you ever face that criticism? Uh, maybe Dr. Winnell, uh, that it's it's overkill. I think some people can get carried away with the physical cleaning. Okay. That's merely an exercise to teach us a, a deeper lesson. That if, if you make the effort to clean out your kitchen, clean out your car, we need to make as much of an effort or more even to be looking at our lives. You know, during these days of unleavened bread, it's good to reread the Ten Commandments. We have a booklet on the Ten Commandments. And then just ask ourselves, am I doing these things? Are there things that I need to do? I remember talking with a lady one time. She was a member of a church that believed it was wrong to uh, drink coffee and tea. And I said, do you ever drink coffee or tea? And she said, well, it sneaks in once in a while. <laughs> you know, so we've got to be aware of things that will just creep into our lives. We're really not concerned about that much, but God is. So this is an annual time to take a period of time to examine ourselves in light of the scriptures. Okay. Not in light of our own opinions, sure. but in light of the instructions we find in the Bible. Okay. And, and one thing I think of, the Bible clearly has multiple uh, physical exercises or reminders that we do to remind us and teach us about spiritual things. As Dr. Winnell mentioned, the foot washing um, and some other things, Christ showed that we should take the bread and the wine 
something physical to remind us of something spiritual. So that's, that's a principle in the Bible. It, it helps us uh, learn about the spiritual aspects. Okay. Uh, by the way, for our audience, again, I will remind you, if you're watching this, this program and you are interested in what we have to say, go ahead and click like or uh, subscribe. And also, I think I should mention that we do have a couple of booklets. I'll just put them up here on the screen. Uh, one is about, uh, about Easter, and you can learn more about uh, Passover versus Easter and which is the correct uh, observance to observe. And the other is the Holy Days, God's Master Plan. It talks about some of the, the issues that we're speaking about, about here. So uh, you're welcome to certainly request those booklets. Now, what I'd like to do is, is then take it um, a little more, even a little more personally, and, and that, is, that is this. If you were to uh, speak with uh, someone in our audience today, you had the opportunity to, to talk with them, and they said, well, for example, I don't believe in drinking wine, and I don't believe that we should be, uh, we should be, be having wine, so therefore, how can I do wine as part of the Passover service? What, what would you tell them? How would you explain that, uh, that question, uh, Dr. Winnell? I'd probably ask, do you want to follow the instructions of Jesus Christ? Or do you want to do what you feel is right? Uh, Christ said that we're to take the wine. Uh, and not a whole lot of it. You just take a little sip, basically. Uh, and that's symbolic of his shed blood. So if we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, we'll do those things. How about, uh, how about the bread? Can you talk a little bit about the bread, uh, Mr. Lyons, the symbolism of the bread. What does that, what that mean in the process? How important is that? When Christ talked about, was teaching his disciples how to take the bread and the wine and, and other places in the New Testament, such as the Apostle Paul, uh, the bread represents the broken body of Christ. So he was crucified and endured a horrible beating that's really beyond our imagination. And so that bread, and, and we break it, and, and we have a little piece, we think about the symbolism of his body being broken and him being scourged. And, and ultimately, he did that for our healing. The Bible talks about we're healed by his stripes. And, and, then, and then when he actually died and, and spilled his blood, we're for, our sins are forgiven by his shed blood. Um, and, and it's important that the bread is unleavened. You know, we, the Bible talks about the days of unleavened bread. That bread pictures um, uh, removing sin. And as we've talked about, it doesn't have leaven, so it's flat. It's not puffed up, which represents uh, not having sin, not having vanity. There are, there are some people, I had an article, I, I guess I, I printed it out. I was going to refer to it, uh, but I don't have it in front of me now. But there are some people who... Um, are beginning to add the, the Passover or some of what they would call the Jewish uh, ceremonies to Easter or to their normal uh, habits and their normal celebrations. Now, why, why would that be a problem? In other words, <clears throat> why not add some of the symbolism or some of what we learn from the Passover ceremony mm -hmm. to, uh, to Easter or to a typical uh, observances that are considered Christian in today's world. Uh, what would be wrong with that, Dr. Winnell? You know, I read the same article. And basically what they were interested in doing was, was having some wine and then mixing the wine with something else and, and uh, trying some of the food for the Seder. 
it was just the physical customs that was exciting to them because it was new, it was different. Uh, but that has nothing to do with with the spiritual meaning. You know, as uh, Mr. Lyons was mentioning, that the unleavened bread pictures Christ's sinless body. That Christ was sinless. And yet he gave his life as a sacrifice, not just for you and me, but for all mankind. So we, we need to understand the bigger picture, not just the rituals, not just the unique little differences. Now, is, is what the Living Church of God does the same as what, what Jews do? Uh, what would be the difference between what Jews in today's, in today's world uh, keep? I mean, they have, a, like you mentioned, the Seder, for example, is, is what uh, Living Church of God uh, observed the same as today's Jewish traditions. Yeah, the Jewish traditions are based on the instructions in the Old Testament about the Passover, a reminder of that they were delivered from Egypt. Jesus changed the symbols in the New Testament, the partaking of wine and partaking of the bread, symbolizing his broken body and the blood that was shed. So he's actually instituting a new aspect to this that the Jews would not be following. And again, if they don't accept Christ as the Savior of mankind, uh, this is totally different. Now, they also, if you look at the Jewish calendar, uh, typical Jewish calendar, it has two, two evenings that, is aso that are associated with the Passover. How, how does that work in relation to what Living Church of God does? I mean, uh, we, have, we talked about the Passover, but there's, they also, uh, on the night before, they have their, uh, their observance in some, in some situation. What, what, how does that work, uh, what, Living Church of God? I, I understand that we keep the Passover the night before the Jews do. And you can go through the Old Testament, and there are some ways to calculate that we keep it on the 14th of Nisan, and uh, I believe they keep it on the 15th. So, um, so does so what they when they keep their observance on on the the, the evening of the which would be the 15th. What is it? How does that differ from what what, what, we, what we do or what the Living Church of God does? Can you, can okay, we keep the Passover on the 14th because the Bible talks about on the 14th or the beginning of the 14th. We also then keep the night to be much observed, which would be on the 15th. And this is actually symbolic of the deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt. They actually left on the 15th. But um, what we are doing is, you know, picturing leaving sin at that point in time. So we have different, different uh, approaches to these things. Did, did you ever have uh, a situation in which you accidentally ate some leaven products during these days. Now, maybe I should back up again, just for the sake of our audience, or if somebody's just tuned in, uh, we're talking about the days of unleavened bread kept by the Living Church of God, uh, during which you only eat unleavened bread and have all leaven out of the home, or leavened products. Uh, did, did you ever have a situation where you accidentally ate a Big Mac or, or a bagel or something like that? Right. I, I certainly did, uh, and, and my siblings and I even had a little bit of a game as children growing up. If we accidentally ate something like that, we would say we lost. You know, we, we lost the, the, what we were trying to do. But I do remember one specific story. We were um, at a restaurant having a meal, I, I think dinner, with a, a group of uh, church brethren. And it was during the Days of Unleavened Bread, so we were trying to avoid all the, the leavened products. And I had made it through most of the meal. But then I came back to the table with an ice cream cone, and the cone was definitely a leaven product. And uh, someone mentioned it, and we, we all had a good laugh. And 
I might have scooped the ice cream out of it, but I, I couldn't <laughs> eat the cone. I couldn't eat the cone. Dr. Nell, did you ever have any, any surprise during the days of unleavened bread? I think once when I was traveling, I stopped to get something to eat, and I was halfway through a hamburger, and I realized, oh, this was days of unleavened bread. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's a, there's a lesson in that, isn't there? Right. I mean, there's yeah. how, what, think, think about that. Comment on that, if you would. So as we're saying, the, the leaven symbolizes sin in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. So the, the, the holy, that holy day pictures removing that from your life. So when something does slip in and you forget, the lesson is, uh, real sin, spiritual sin, can slip into your life without, uh, it's just very easy for that to happen and you try to be on guard, but uh, as we know, we're all sinners and it, it's difficult to, to always uh, keep it out of your life, so that's, that's part of the lesson there. Sure. And the lesson too is that you repent, you can change. Mm -hmm. You just say, well, I'm sorry. Uh, and when it comes to real sins, then you can repent also of those things, but we have to make the effort not to do those things, just like we have to make the effort to remember mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the Days of Unleavened Bread. <clears throat> Actually, I'm reminded of a, a time when during the Days of Unleavened Bread, I, I got off the train in New York City and walked across to a familiar bagel shop that uh, I would always visit <laughs> when I came that way. And, and was halfway through a bagel with the bagel in my mouth and <laughs> chewing when I realized, oh, it's the days of unleavened bread. Yeah. And uh, so it, it can happen very easily, but a, a lot of, of lessons. So <clears throat> let, let me ask this as we, as we wind down a, a little bit. We just got a, just got a couple more minutes. Um, <clears throat> what impact would it have on, on your life if these days were taken out? I mean, do, in other words, are they... Um, do they have an impact on your life uh, in, in terms of observing them today where it would leave a, a, a hole in, uh, in, in your thinking and your way of thinking? Mm -hmm. Or is it more of just icing on the cake? And how important are these, are these days to the, uh, on a year-by-year -year basis in, in really cementing God's, God's, God's thought <coughs> and God's mind for, for you? Mm -hmm. right, Dr. Winnett? You know, in Leviticus 23, it says these are holy convocations. That means they're commanded assemblies. When I was going to college, we had a convocation every Wednesday morning. It was a religious school. And we got docked uh, points if we were not at the convocation. We were allowed three cuts, I think, a semester. And after that, they started lowering our grades by a letter. You know, so it was important. A holy convocation means it's important to God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. These holy days are commanded forever. You know, if you stop keeping them, you basically lose contact with God. You lose contact with what he's doing on this earth. Uh, you know, I claim to be a Christian. I think we all do. But Christians are people that follow the teachings and follow the example of Jesus Christ. And if we stop doing those things, then we're winging it. We're on our own. We're doing our own thing. But that's pretty much what people do in the world today. You know, people that stop keeping these days literally go back into the world. They start doing whatever they were doing before. And they, well, they may think they're doing okay. I came across a situation recently where a person said, well, God will bless me for keeping whatever commandments I keep. <laughs> But there are also consequences. Jesus said, you break one, you break them all. Mm -hmm. you know, so it would change a person's perspective big time. Mm -hmm. right. How about you, 
I think about two things. I think we've mentioned it earlier that um, the holy days, the, the feast that God gives to us, helps us understand His entire plan for humanity and for uh, every person who has ever lived. So if you, if you don't have the holy days, you, you lose some of that meaning, which is vitally important. And, and then on a, a more personal or specific basis, I think about the Passover, and that's been on our mind a lot recently. And, and as you think about your personal sins and that you are a sinner and, and how awful sin is, because a lot of the, the bad things happening in the world are because of sin and, and people breaking God's law, it, just an awful thing that sin is, that the only way that we can be saved from that, that the only way we can uh, be saved from death and be saved from our sins is the sacrifice of Christ, which we remember from the Passover. There's a scripture that, a couple of scriptures that are very powerful to me personally. Uh, it, the Bible talks about every time we take the bread and the wine, we, we proclaim the Lord's death until He returns. So we remember that and it's very special. And then there's another verse, I think it's in Acts, it says that um, there's only one name under heaven that we're saved, and that's through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice. So without that, we, we really have no, we have no hope. So Christ's sacrifice and the Passover are a wonderful reminder of that every year. Okay. Well, I appreciate you joining us for the session today. Again, uh, for the sake of our audience, this is a, a pre-recorded session. <clears throat> that we've recorded to be aired during these Days of Unleavened Bread, uh, days that the Living Church of God keeps. And you've heard a little bit about the background from a, a personal perspective uh, from our guests here today about the keeping of these days and, and why it's important. So thank you very much for being with us here today, and we look forward to seeing you next time on TW Now. Thank you, and tune in next time. <clears throat>